attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Today is your last chance. Enrollment for the Entree Architect Profit Workshop will close tonight, Friday, November 2nd, 2018, at midnight. You need a financial management system that works for your small firm, and I will help you build it with live training, resources, and the support you need to finally get this thing done. Enroll now at entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. My name is Mark R. LePage, and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast, where I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. This is episode 243, and this week, Sean Van Dyke is back. And today, it's general contractor versus small firm architect. We're talking about how to improve the contractor-architect relationship. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, RCAT, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM, specifications, and so much more at RCAT.com, FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure, spend less time on accounting, and more time doing the work that you love, and Revit Rocketship, Learn Revit the fast and easy way with a powerful online course developed by the guys over at F9 Productions. From first-time users to seasoned pros, Revit Rocketship will show you how. Sean Van Dyke, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast. Hey, Mark. Thanks for uh, having me here. Thanks for having me back. This is uh, really exciting to be back again. Yeah, it's great to have you back. You were just a few episodes ago, episode 238, you were here. We were talking about how to find the skilled employees you need as a small firm architect. Uh, you gave us a whole bunch of great tips on how to find great employees, even though they may not be there right there waiting for you. So uh, anybody who wants to go check that out, go check it out at entrearchitect.com slash episode 238. Uh, Sean is a trained, he's trained as a civil engineer and a structural engineer, and he's run his own construction company. He's worked for large companies. He's worked for small companies. He's done it all. And today he's a construction consultant, a business coach, a mentor to contractors and subcontractors running their own businesses. He is a fine home building magazine brand ambassador. So he speaks and he writes at fine home building. Uh, he's a contributor to uh, the journal of light construction. Uh, he's a featured keynote speaker. He's a presenter at industry industry trade shows and national events, and he's the author of two books: the paper punch paper work punch list, twenty eight days to streamline your construction business, and coming soon, very soon, I think very very soon, profit first for contractors. Uh, transform your construction business from a cash eating monster to a money making machine. 
yes, profit first. You recognize that. We just had Mike McCallowitz here just a couple of episodes ago. He was back for a second time. He was talking about Clockwork, his new book. Uh, and so, Sean, you're writing the new Profit First for Contractors. I'm excited about that. Um, and when you do that, we'll come come back and talk about that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's Hopefully it's in the final editing stages, which if uh, anybody knows anything about writing a book, it's still a lot of work. Yeah. Um, uh, writing the book seemed to be easy compared to all of the editing now. So, yeah, Mike and I are working together, and hopefully we'll have that out by uh, – um, we're, we're shooting for the, the end of November. Yeah, well, that's coming soon. So, so uh, keep us posted, and we'll uh, we'll keep the community informed because I think even architects uh, will find that very interesting. The, the original Profit First book has been super popular within the community, and so I'm sure a lot of architects will love to read uh, your book, Profit First for Contractors, coming coming soon. Yeah, it was, it's uh, it's it's uh, been a lot of fun. I can't wait to get it out there. So I wanted to bring you back because you, after our last conversation about employees and those kind of things, we just, when we go off the, the recording here, we always start talking and, and comparing notes. And because I think we have a lot of similar, simil, similarities, uh, not only in, in, um, in our industries, your construction, I'm architecture, but also the way we, what we're doing today in building these platforms to help other people succeed. Uh, and so I think we connect really well. And so I wanted to bring you back and have a conversation about architects and contractors. You, you know, you from the contractor side, me from the architect side, um, and that there's a relationship thing happening there that is obvious to everybody involved in in uh, construction. Um, for me, it happened very, very early in my life. I come from a family of makers. My father is a, an auto mechanic. Uh, my godfather uh, was a was a, a general contractor, uh, and we have we have builders all throughout the family. And when I was growing up, I decided I wanted to be an architect. I, you know, I, I've told this story before. I wanted to be an artist, and, and I learned that artists made no money. And so I'm like, <laughs> architects make money, we'll become an architect. And then I learned about architecture, and I fell in love with it. Uh, and then very quickly found out that architects didn't make much money either. Yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> Which is why I'm doing what I'm doing today, to fix that problem all these years later. Um, but so when I, when I decided to become an architect, my contractor uncle, I call him my uncle, he was, he was actually a friend who was a godfather, my father's best friend, Uncle Jimmy. Uh, I told him I wanted to be an architect, and he said, why? <laughs> <laughs> why would you want to do that? And, and so I got that vibe right away as a young kid. Um, and when I got older and I, wanted, and I did continue to pursue to become an architect, um, one of the first things I wanted to do was get into the construction world to find out why my uncle said that. It was, and to this day, it was, it's a, a very influential statement that that question he gave me why and in a very obvious uh, tone he gave that to me um, and I wanted to know why contractors and architects have this sort of you know uh, this headbutting this this conflict in the field um, and I you know I learned very quickly um, as a as a laborer on his site working his crews working on his crews that um, that it's all about respect you know it's all about um, architect contractors feel that architects don't respect them. And, and from that, right from that get-go, because that assumption is there, everything else sort of feeds off of that. And then if, that, if that's not countered in some intentional way, that relationship continues all the way through a project. And, and the project can, will never be as good as it could be if you became you know, on the same page and respected one another. And so I wanted to... Uh, introduce our conversation with that story and sort of talk about, ask you from your point of view, what, what is the contractor's viewpoint? Am I right? Is that, is that still there today? Uh, and what do we do about it? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's certainly still there. And that's just kind of the normal operating procedure for a lot of architects and contractors type of relationship. And if you really think about, it, we say, well, where does that either lack of respect or really it's probably just lack of understanding, right. you know, the roles. I mean, the contractors know that the architect is in control of the design and the conceptual and, and the execution of that part. And the contractor is the one that's got to swing the hammers and get it all built. I mean, we understand that at that, at that level. Um, but understanding how we how an architect and a contractor typically get to work together is that the architect comes up with a design and has multiple conversations, many, many conversations with the owner about the intent. 
Um, and they understand very deeply, not only from what the owners are looking for, but also from what the architect has been trained to do creatively and and physically, meaning the, the use of physics to make sure that the building, the home stands up and can perform the way that it needs to perform. And then when all of those things have happened, then the art, the contractors get brought in to say, OK, well, how much is this thing going to cost? <laughs> yeah, the money is introduced. And then the money gets introduced, and and we're not privy to any. The contractor's not privy to to any of that information, and so all we've got to go on is those plans and those specs. And especially if we're bidding competitively, then hopefully you hear this term a lot: apples to apples. You're never going to get apples to apples because really good contractors are going to ask questions. They're going to find the mistakes. No offense that the architect has made me. Oh, I see the intent, but that's not the we're going to have to construct it in this way because what you're drawing is, is going to have performance problems or whatever. And, right. and so there's so there's there's not really an opportunity to share in those conversations because it's like send us the bids, ask us your questions. Sure. But it comes down to that price or that number or that schedule or whatever. And uh, there's not an opportunity to build the relationship like the owner and the architect ha have built. So there's uh, there, immediately, I think that there's a level of uh, distrust between that's built into that system. I'm not saying it's any architect's right. fault or any contractor's fault, but 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 that's where that kind of I think that statement would come from or that question. Why do you want to be an architect? Because I don't trust those guys. And right. they don't know what they're doing. And archi your architects say, probably say the same thing about a contractor. Oh, gosh, you know, why would you want to you know, be a, a contractor? Because um, they don't know what they're doing either. You know, and, and so I think that part of maybe solving solving that problem is let's talk about, wait a minute, there's a relationship that needs to be f built here first. Let's establish some trust and then let's move forward with the pricing and the technical aspects of you know, building this job. And that's what I work with a lot of my clients on is just approaching uh, an architect because they all have that problem. Any architect that, sub that submits a, or puts a project out to bid has got a problem. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, they're going to get some information back and they're left alone to interpret it. Right. Right. And, that's, and, a pro that's a problem. Yeah, I, I think you described that meshing of, of our design and our intent with the reality of construction and budget and all the things that you're responsible for for making into a reality. And I think when those things sort of come together and they collide, that's where the relationships start to, you know, e will either improve because you proactively have ways of handling those things or they start deteriorating immediately because you feel like all the contractor wants to do is tear down your design and do it easier or do it, you know, do it less expensively or, or to, to, to do it in a way that, that can, he can start building that relationship with the owner to show the owner that, look, I'm working for you. And those kind of things where that's where things may break down. Um, and, and at the basis of that is ego. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of architects come with the reputation of we have big egos. And that, you know, that, that we have this, this design wand and don't dare touch my design, just build what I drew. That, that um, ego is the thing that gets in the way. Uh, that when you drop the ego and you, and you respect the contractor and you, you acknowledge that that contractor has several years of experience building things that you don't have the experience at. And I think very often that ego comes from the lack of knowledge of construction. And they, they, mm -hmm. don't want, they don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit that they don't actually know how to build this thing. They know how to detail it. They know what it's supposed to look like. They know how it want, they want it to feel, but they actually don't know how it builds. And I've noticed in my career that it, one of the best ways to, to start building that rapport with a contractor is to say, I don't know. You know, teach me. And when you do that and you drop your ego and you, and you invite the knowledge coming from that experienced contractor, you immediately start building that rapport and start building that trust that you need. Um, and so I, I think it comes from, and that's sort of a little bit of, um, it needs to be intentional. It needs to be a system that you use every time both contractors and architects need to have a way that we can intentionally come together, acknowledge that these conflicts exist, and, and have ways built into our processes 
to alleviate them and start building this relationship so we can have a great project. Yeah, I think that that you use the term there. I think that is absolutely step number one, um, and, and will solve the solve this this lack of trust or whatever you said to invite. Let's let's invite some people, some contractors in before we get too far along, and you can still um, talk to three or four of them. I would say invite them in and interview them and yeah. talk about the things that are going to come up. You talk. They need to be informed about your design intent. They need to be informed about the budget. Um, and they need to be informed about where some things need to go in a certain, you know, in a certain direction to to achieve the goal. Talk to two, three, ten contractors. Talk to them, interview them, invite them into your process, and then make a decision on how how it how you it is best to move forward working on a relationship. And then your the money's gonna come, the schedule will come all of the other things, but we've already dealt with the biggest thing first is the relationship and the trust because the person that you trust, they're going to have the best price. It not, it, and when I say the best price, it doesn't mean the lowest price. Right. It means they're going to give you the best price for the quality that, you, that you've specified. And especially for architects, the good contractors that get invited in, you get an opportunity to explain your design intent and saying this detail is very, very important because a lot of contractors are, they're such problem solvers. They'll see this, they'll say, oh, that's a problem. We can change it. We can do it faster, better, less expensive for the owner. They're doing that because they think they're serving it, serving the client. And sometimes you need to understand the architects, like you don't understand if we change this detail, we change this sort of thing in the design, right. we lose the, the feeling, the look, the function of it. So I appreciate you having a better, you think that it's a better option, but this thing is where this is a, um, this is a line in the sand here. This is very important when an architect or when an, a contractor can understand that and say, Oh, okay, we're not going to touch that detail. We'll build it exactly the way that you want. Let's talk about how much that's going to cost so that you're totally under understand what that detail, how it affects the whole thing. And then we can be on the same page and move forward. There are a thousand other things that we're that we can value engineer or change some things that don't affect the overall design. Um, but I think that contractors sometimes will pick out some of those things, and because we didn't do it like that before, right. we there's a you know there's a cheaper way, there's a better way. I'm not saying that, that we're lessening the quality, but when you get invited into that conversation, then everybody gets to be on the same page. And that conversation can happen in two places. It could happen up front, like you're suggesting, do that early. And so that, that rapport can happen, that trust can start being built, that, that they know my intent and you know, you know my intent and I know your intent. We start building this as a, as a relationship, as a relationship, first of all, and, mm -hmm. and that we are a team, that we're going to build this thing together and we're both here to help this client achieve their goals. Um, or that relationship or that conversation can happen later when you haven't built that rapport and you haven't built that trust, because that conversation is going to happen. Oh yeah. It's just whether it's going to happen early and, and you build this relationship or you haven't built that relationship. You haven't done that pre pre project work. And that conversation happens later in the middle of a construction process. And it's all defensive. It's all about money and it's all about my design versus your budget, my design versus your means and methods. And, and then you have that conflict because you've never built that trust. If you have that conversation, even if it happens later, if you have, if you've already built the trust and the communication process uh, and the rapport and that you know each other's intent, that conversation even later is a much more productive conversation. Yeah. I always say if you can have as many conversations um, about the project in every aspect while we're still moving lines around on paper, it sure, it may cost some, you know, some more money for revisions that the owner doesn't want to didn't really plan on or whatever, but it's still way cheaper to move lines on paper than it is walls out in the field. Yeah. And that's, that's the benefit of bringing on a contractor early, early on in the process. Um, and, and not going through a complete bid process. Some kind, some clients don't want that. You know, they want, they like the, they like the idea of the communication and the, and the, the benefits they get from that, but they're afraid they're not, they're not getting their best price when it happens. And so some kind clients want that bid process. What do you, what do you recommend 
that we do when we know we're going to have a bid process. We really can only maybe invite one contractor in early because you can't really bring on all three, or maybe you can, all three early on, um, or maybe you can. Maybe you can do that. Um, in my firm, we actually don't recommend the contractor from the architect. We require the owner to select contractors, which we very often will give them a list to choose from. But we mm -hmm. want to set that expectation in their mind that that we are uh, part of this team, that I'm not bringing in my friend who is you know, going to build your project for you and, and, and do what I say. I want them to, to feel comfortable with the contractor and choose the contractor through their due diligence. Um, and then we come together and have that conversation. Um, and so that typically for me requires us to have one contractor come in, maybe do a pre-design a pre, uh, uh, preliminary estimate, do that rapport building with that contractor. Uh, that contractor gets to, to meet the client, you know, early on. That's a mm -hmm. benefit to them. Um, and then when it goes out to bid, it goes out to bid to that contractor plus two other contractors that the owner chooses. Um, do you think we could bring all three in early? Like have that, that bid selection process earlier on, have the client do their due diligence, you know, maybe during schematic design? Or am I sort of overstepping my bounds with contractors and wasting time. Yeah, I think that's that would probably be a waste of time because then it's you're going to what what are you going to get from those three different contractors in the preliminary stage? What right. what you really want is a conversation to happen, the ability to talk back and forth and and make decisions as they relate to everything. I mean, budget obviously is, is huge, but also like you said means and methods and schedule and, and and all of that kind of stuff. But what I if if it were if it were me and I were the architect, then I would probably develop relationships with contractors right. so that, and I understand their process so that I can put them on a short list because I, I really don't care if, if I'm an architect, I don't care if an owner wants to, you know, talk to 10, 10 different contractors, that's not going to serve them. Right. I, I'm, I'm being an architect saying, listen, we have a very close relationship with three or four contractors that do all of our work, they do similar work for other architect, architects, but these are the people that we recommend you at least have a conversation with. Right. Well, I want to talk to my own people. That's fine. It's not a problem, but these are the people we trust. Now, you will hire them. You'll sign the contract with them, but that's part of the service that we provide. There may be 100 other contractors out there that are really, really good. These are the people we have vetted, we've worked with, and when we get an opportunity from an owner to bring their own contractor in, Again, you start establishing that relationship and saying, hey, we might be able to add you to our list of recommended contractors that we recommend our owners talk to to help us in the pre-construction. And I would recommend that, say, yeah, we can bid it out to five different contractors that we want, but we're only going to choose to work with one during the pre-construction process. Yeah. Does that one have an advantage? Absolutely, they probably do. And I'm okay with that, saying, yeah, they're they're going to know more. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's that, the incentive to do that preliminary work for us. You know, if we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna request some some preliminary estimating, the the compensation for that time that's involved in doing some of that preliminary estimating is you get to meet the client, is that you get to to get involved early on in the process, have some influence in the decision making early on, and then so when you go to bid it later, you have much more advantage than the other two bidders who did not go through that process. Yeah, and I'm if I'm from the con if I'm a contractor and I want to get work with you, I'm going to call you up, Mr. Architect or Mrs. Architect, and say, Hey, by the way, introducing myself, um, I think that maybe one of your problems might be is that when you go out to bid, prices are all over the place, and that becomes a you know how you know how many times does that really work out for you and your client? What I'm offering here is if you want to bring me in early. I'm, I'm not charging you anything. I'm just saying I'd like to I would like the opportunity to show you how we price these things, how we work, how our company works and that. And I'm going to give you some free information and I'm not going to do a full blown estimate. Right. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details, but I'm going to point some things out because I want to I want to build the relationship with you. And my guess is if I am good at helping the architect solve that very first problem from the beginning and they've got somebody they can pick up the phone and say by the way we we changed the thickness of this wall for whatever reason what's that going to do to our price and you say well it's you know it's not going to affect it it's just more materials but it do, doesn't really affect the overall price or 
what you're talking about there really does change the whole means, you know, that's another 5% or you need to add another contingency. I want to have those conversations just as goodwill um, to establish a relationship with an architect so that somewhere down the road, they'll say, you need to talk to this guy. You need to talk to this contractor. We understand what their process is like. Now, you're going to pay them at some point if you hire them to do a pre-construction, their pre-construction services. That's that, and we would probably recommend that because we've worked with them for a while, and their preliminary budgets, when you go through their process, end up being very close to the final budget. So you'll know all of that. So from the, I'm all about. I teach my clients: you get paid to do work, but there's also there's also the cost of doing business, yeah. and the cost of doing business is if I want to get in with a good architect that does really good work, and I think I can help them solve a problem, I'm going to give them some value first. I'm I'm not going to do a full blown estimate, but I might as a writ, you know, yeah, I'll spend 20 hours on this, hopefully to earn, earn some work from you. But then I want to get an opportunity to explain what my process is and say, did, did this feel better? Did that help you solve this problem of thinking you got to do all of the work, send it out for bids and to do a bunch more work. If you'll just, if you'll just recommend me at the beginning, let me sell my cert. Cause I believe in, in our pre-construction services Bring me in early enough, early uh, enough in the conversation with the owner, and let me take it from there. But in order for you to even do that, you have to know me. You have to know my process, and you have to know the right. result that I'm going to give to you for free at the beginning of the relationship. Right, and that, and that, when you build a relationship with a contractor like that, you can go into a project as a team, and say, and 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 have a much more success, successful project. It's the convincing the client that they're not going to bid it out later that gets complicated with that process. So, and there's, that's regional. Some regions, that's perfectly acceptable. And, and in, in my region, everybody wants to bid. Every single yeah. one of them wants, wants to go out and bid. Um, and so that gets, it gets complicated. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, RCAT. FreshBooks, and Revit Rocketship. Hey, are you going to Green Build in Chicago in November? It's coming up and coming up soon. If you're going to be there, check out RCAT at booth 529-529. Tell them that we sent you over there. This year's theme for the Green Build convention is Human by Nature, focusing on sustainable buildings and practices that are accessible to everyone. Did you know that you can use RCAT to find lead data on building products? RCAT's powerful search engine can help you find the product information you need that meets all of your environmental standards. Best of all, like everything at RCAT, it's my favorite part, it's free. It's all free at RCAT. Check out RCAT.com, that's A-R-C-A-T.com. Go check them out today and visit them at GreenBuild this November 14th and 15th 2018 at booth 529 and let them know that hey mark from entree architect sent you our friends at FreshBooks have been supporting us here at the entree architect podcast for a long time now they've been a platform sponsor for well over two years so thank you FreshBooks. so you've heard me talk about FreshBooks a lot here at the entree architect podcast every episode in fact for quite a long time now. But did you know how FreshBooks actually was created? How it came to life? Well, it happened when their founder, Mike, accidentally saved over an invoice. And he kind of snapped. He was using Microsoft Word to bill his clients. He had studied accounting at school, but found that every accounting software on the market was built for some other business, not for him. He was frustrated. He wanted something different something better, something that was designed for him, a self-employed professional. So he built it. Today, millions of people use FreshBooks, and on average, FreshBooks customers save about 16 hours a month. 16 hours a month. What could you do with an extra 16 hours? Getting started with FreshBooks is ridiculously easy. Most people send their first invoice seconds after starting their free trial. And the same goes for time tracking, managing expenses, collaborating with contractors, and viewing financial reports. So give FreshBooks a try. It's free for 30 days. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. 
and then let them know that we sent you by sharing Entree Architect in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's EntreeArchitect.com slash FreshBooks to access your free, unlimited 30-day trial. Revit Rocketship is a new online course developed by our friends Alex Gore and Lance Psycho over at F9 Productions. They're the guys from the Inside the Firm podcast. Their new online course will get you up and running with Revit fast and easy. It's completely different from anything else available online. You're going to learn how to model in Revit just like it gets built. And you won't even need to start from scratch. Alex provides you with a complete ready-to-go template to get started. It's the actual Revit template that his firm, F9 Productions, has developed over the past decade and uses today. He'll walk you through their proven method of developing a Revit model and end up with a completed set of construction drawings that you can use for your portfolio or reference when you develop your next project. Revit Rocketship is based on years of experience using the software and teaching Revit at the university level, so they know how to get you up and running fast and easy. I love that Alex and Lance are sharing their knowledge and I want you to check out Revit Rocketship. Register today for Revit Rocketship at entrearchitect.com slash Revit. That's entrearchitect.com slash R-E-V-I-T. RCAT, FreshBooks, and Revit Rocketship. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. What if I'm in, in the situation where um, the, a, a, a client chooses, decides to go ahead with a, client, a contractor that I don't know? So I've built that relationship with, client, with contractors uh, they trust me. I trust them. That process works smoothly. Um, but what if there's a new contractor in the mix? What are some steps that you think we should take um, throughout the process from beginning to end to help that project move along? So you're saying the owner brings the contractor in and you as the architect aren't really familiar with their... Yeah, we haven't with, done with that their... preliminary stuff that we're suggesting to happen early on. Now we have a project they're going to be the contractor. I don't know them. So that, that yeah. conflict that we talked about earlier is there. It's established. Um, how do we defuse that, con that conflict right away and build a, a functional systematic process through the rest of the project to, to maybe start building that rapport throughout the process? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's like a trust, but a trust, uh, but verify sort of thing. So it, it really depends too on what the owner is hiring you as the architect to do. Are you doing uh, the construction administration? Are yeah, you? Let's let's uh, assume we are. The, okay, I, rec so I recommend it, all architects do. Good. Yeah. So if in that in that sense, then you're kind of driving the bus as far as as you, that service is uh, is con is concerned. So I need to talk with the contractor, new contractor that I you know haven't worked with before and explain to them my role as the architect doing construction administration yeah. uh, throughout the project and and what that looks like we're gonna have for example we're gonna have weekly meetings yeah. uh, once yep. the house is dried in and we're gonna try to keep those to an hour or whatever here's the change order process or here's or for that you know for an architect here's the RFI process if you submit it in this way, and then I might, but I might ask the contractor, Hey, do you have an RFI process or your change order process? How can, cause I'll adjust mine right. if yours, if, if we're close enough, it always comes down to the process. Yeah. What's your process? What's my process? If you don't have a process, okay, you're going to default to ours. That's just, you, you don't get the opportunity. Right. This is still our client too. Yeah. We're not going and we're, we found this to be successful. Uh, again, establishing that relationship. So I'm going to ask you, do you have a process? If you don't, how about getting on board with ours? We'll show you, we'll train you, and you may quote unquote spend a little money to do it. But if you can help that contractor be successful, guess what? You've got another contractor that exactly. now you add to your list. Exactly. So, oh, new new guy or new gal, let's talk. Let's talk about the process. Let's get everything out in the open. Let's establish that trust. Now we talked about weekly meetings and submitting pay requests in this way. Uh, who's your project manager and how do they, you know, who's the, all of these little things, we get all of that stuff written down or talked about. Then when it comes time for next Wednesday's meeting, I trust you. We right. talked about it. Now I'm going to verify, did you show up? 
Are you okay? Yeah, you're not right. getting along with the process. Yeah. You, you know, and so we can we can go forward and and um, and I think that what I've seen be very successful is there's a there's a combination of of both of those when the contractor says, OK, we just can't do a weekly site meeting. But if you, you know, will make people available uh, to or, you know, maybe it's every other week during you know, the initial, you know, phase one right. getting out of yep. the ground as we get closer to the details. Yeah. But we're going to provide the, the communication so that you and the owner can make decisions. We, as the contractor, we don't really care. We're going to build whatever you guys to tell us. We just have to have an opportunity to price it and work it into the schedule. So, um, you do your system, but communicate with us in this way. So it's kind of a, um, uh, a good combination, like we said before, about a meshing of two different companies yeah. um, and, and their processes. But I found that to be very successful when when the contractor just throws up his hands because he really doesn't have any systems for communication. And the ego of the architect says, well, this is how you will do it. And there's never a conversation right. that, you know, the contractor's like, well, you know, architects here, we know how that goes. The architect comes out with the big ego and runs over people. And I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when the ego gets involved, yeah. you do that time and time again. Then when you as a you know young man growing up saying, I think I want to be an architect, the contractor said, why? Because <laughs> that's exactly what they've seen. They've right. seen no systems from the contractor and the ego from the architect. Yeah. And those things are always, always going to be um, conflicting each other. And I can say that, that contractors don't have systems because I work with them and that's what, that's what they the architects don't either. Do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's our problem, you know, that's, yeah, that's, and, that, and there's contractors the, have egos too. So I don't, you know, but there's the industry problem because it's coming from both sides and the answer. And you just said the answer is systems is to have a documented system that you've established for your firm that, that this is how when you start a new project, this is what you do. You have this. And maybe what, what Sean just talked about is maybe having a, a pre-kickoff meeting. So we have a kickoff meeting with our, with our contractor and our clients. And we talk about the, we go over the plans and we talk about intent and we talk about process and we talk about scheduling and budget and all that stuff, weekly meetings. But, but what you describe, I think this is what you described, is maybe have that meeting with the contractor that I'm talking about the contractor I don't know, mm -hmm. have that pre-kickoff meeting so we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation to establish that report, to establish the ground, the groundwork for the relationship, that this is what I expect. This is what you expect. Here's my system. Here's your system. Let's see which system we're going to use. So you're all on that same page before that kickoff meeting happens. Then we're easy, either using our system or your system, but there's a system. You know, yeah. this is how we're going to do it. This is the, the weekly meetings. This is what happens at weekly meetings. This is how long weekly meetings are. This is These are the meeting minutes that get distributed to everybody so everybody's on the same page. We can use those meeting minutes for the agenda for the next meeting so we remember what we talked about in the last meeting. If that's all documented and written down as a system, then that, then that rapport building and that trust building is part of that. It's integrated into that system. So whether it's a new contractor or a, or a contractor that you've been working for with for years, that relationship is established intentionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you got to realize too that when if the 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 architects and the contractors that work well together, they're gonna have the same type of systems. It's just like oh, right. you do your you know I'm the contractor, I'm out in the field, uh, I I probably I'm producing more paper. You're in the office as the architect a little bit more, you may be a little, uh, you, you may be more digital than I am, but we both have written change order process. Okay. So how do we integrate the two together? All right, well, we're going to write up our change order because it goes back to our business in this way. And the only difference is, is I just need to email that to you through your portal. And that's the meshing of the two systems. You get it digitally and we still keep our systems in the same. So, yeah, like you were saying, just, OK, how do our two businesses come together to achieve what we need to achieve um, for the owner? Um, but so many times there's that there's that wall of uh, price or yeah. if we reveal too much information, then we can't let the contractor know or the contractor can't, you know, show which they shouldn't show. I mean, they're proprietary information. Uh, you know, how they make their profits and what their markup is and, and all of that kind of stuff. We can go in total, you know, rabbit hole on that one. Um, 
But if we come together and talk about like, all right, this is what your role is. This is what my role is. What, what are the systems of communication, the flow of information? Let's get those established. Then my guess is not only you as the architect have a new contractor that you can l put on your list of preferred contractors that you can recommend, then the contractor also has an, an architect that's probably going to send them some more work. And not every – sure, there's still a lot of bidding that goes on, but not every job needs to be bid. And so um, I'm going to do that as a contractor to, to establish a relationship with, with, uh, with an architect. But even back to what we were talking about before, is like some people just want to bid. If I'm the contractor and I don't, I don't see the value in bidding as much, but there is a project that I really want to get, then I'm going to tell you, we don't normally bid projects. So we get paid for pre-construction services. We work with architects and we develop this over however long, and that's how we produce uh, the price. Uh, you can interview us if you want to, but we're really not going to do a competitive bid. But you've got a project that I think is is the next level, and we want to do it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm because I'm not wasting my time bidding on everything else. I'm not saying that I don't ever bid, yeah. but I'm gonna come to the, I'm gonna come to the table and explain to you what you're going to get with the bid. Yeah, right. Your drawings are not the final drawing. We all know that the owner actually never. They didn't pay you to to figure out everything. They paid you to design a project, um, and it, it, everybody has different. Every architect has different levels of design. But me, as the contractor that doesn't really do bid, but I want a job, I'm gonna bid the job, and I'm gonna tell you where all of the gaps are and all of the other guys' numbers that you're about to see. So it's a two million dollar job. We'll probably be pretty close, or I'm gonna tell you we're probably gonna be the high guy. Um, just to let you know, I don't ever want to be the low guy. Yeah. I'm not concerned about that, but I'm going to tell you all of the other things that the guy, the other contractors have to leave out because it's not on the, it's not on the plans. It's not on the specs. So I'm going to give you a competitive bid and then I'm going to give you all of the other information on what this thing's actually going to cost. So you've got a number that you can compare apples to apples, but if nobody else gives you all of that other information, even though you may not like the price of all that stuff, hopefully I stand out as the person that went above and beyond, and I give you a reason to spend more money with me. Yeah, or or spend the money that you're going to spend either way. You're going to spend it either way. <laughs> right, because I've, I've had contractors do that with clients of ours that that have required bidding, and and they've gone through that exact same process. I don't typically bid, but I'm going to bid, but here's why. And this is how I bid it. And then, then they bid it apples to apples, but then they show you what was missing. And here's the cost for those things that were missing. Uh, and then explain to the, to the client, this is, you're going to pay for these things that are missing either way. Cause they're missing, you know, right. and, and the other client, if the, the other contractors don't price them now, they're going to price them later yeah. um, as change and, orders. And they're going to be more expensive later. And, and realize sometimes certain contractors, the client that they're going for is the architect. Homeowners come and go. They yep. do one project. That's, so a very, do, that's a very important point. And so I'm, again, back to the, I want to solve a problem for architects. Yeah. And because the architect is going to bring me in early in the project uh, process. I don't need, I don't need the architect to sell me, let me do the selling, but just invite me to the table. And if I believe in our process and, and can do that, I'll, I'll sell that. That's on, that's on me. So when an architect says, Hey, Sean, we've got a, you know, we're putting this out to bid. Great. Thanks for letting me know. You know what our process is. Um, we're not interested in bidding on this one because it, it's not gonna, you know, you, we do a dozen of these projects that we never have to bid because we're well known for this type of work or whatever. So I'm going to respectfully decline that, but Oh, this project, we're going to go after it. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, cause I want to impress you, the architect, because I want to solve the problem for the next client that says that, that your ideal client, the one that wants everything that's never been done before, that wants to push the limits on design. No, if you send that thing out to bid, you'll waste a year because no, it's never been done before, right? But if, if you know that you've got a contractor that will help you figure it out, that has, when he has bid, when he or she has bid, has gone the extra mile, gone all the details and thought about all of it, then my guess is you'll come to them and say, okay, this is the one. We got to bring you in on early. I can draw the thing up and I can design it, but I don't know how we're going to build this thing. 
that's the one that is you're both going to hang your hats on and become well known for that. And you just proven right there, you don't have to bid projects. Right. Right. And I, and I agree with you. I, I would much prefer to work with a contractor early on. Um, it's, uh, but my, my, what it comes down to is relationship building. Yeah. Um, that's where, where the bottom line is that you need to build that relationship. You need to build the rapport. You need to intentionally have systems to encourage that when that's not already established. And I, and, and I can tell you my most successful relationships with contractors are the ones that, that for number one, I very quickly um, defuse the, the, the idea that I have a big ego because I do not have an ego at all. Um, very little ego. Which is very rare. I think most architects do, and it's nothing, nothing, nothing necessarily wrong with that, as long as you can control that. Um, the the other thing is that I make it very clear to the contractor that we are a team, and my job is to make you look as good as you need to make me look good. So I'm I'm there to to try to protect you. I'm there to try to assist you. I'm there to to try to help you grow as a businessman or woman. And so um, it's it, when they realize that that. For one, that this is not about me um, and that I respect them and that I actually want to intentionally help them grow, our relationship gets much better very quickly. Um, and then those relationships grow into long-term relationships and many, many projects uh, because you proactively built that relationship with them. Yeah, and I think that over time, hopefully the an architect, it's the same relationship with a contractor and subcontractors. If I've got good subcontractors, I don't have to not, I'm necessarily waste their time. I don't have to call them to ask them to price every job. I know how they price it. I know what their quality is. So I can have a conversation with the homeowner and say, yeah, I've got three contractors that we're that I would recommend that we bid this out to. And let me tell you how I know how they're going to price it because – I have a relationship with these. Now they each have their strong points and, and I would invite you to bring them in, but these are the people I would recommend that we bid it out to, but here's going to be the price range for, uh, for these. If you, if you have that level of relationship with a, with a contractor, you, if, if I'm a contractor that works with you, I would expect you to call me saying, Hey, you know, we've got another 10,000 square foot job. It's, with these sorts of te details, you know our style. My guess is most architects develop their own style. They're they're not reinventing a style for everything. I don't know. It could be wrong there, but um, but they they have a tendency to they have their mark right. They're what they do. And if I'm a contractor, I should know how to. You know, my pricing should be pretty consistent with your style. Or I want to let you know. By the way, here's how I price your jobs. Yeah. Just to let you know, when you're when you're conceptually thinking about this, and you're doing cantilevered walls and and uh, all of this modern stuff, put this number on it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think that the the idea of of spending time with one another uh, before the projects show up is so important. So if you have you know a handful of contractors that you like working with, or maybe you've never even met them, and you want to start building these relationships. Reach out to these contractors and ask them for you know come out have a cup of coffee or come to your office you know I'll have a cup of coffee at the office at the office I'll show you some of the drawings some of the projects that we've been working on in the past that you can show me what you do and and sort of start building that relationship show them the systems that you've built to show them that there is a process that you have for success because you've heard me say this about pretty much everything that we've ever talked about in business it's about the systems even yeah. this relationship building is about putting together an intentional system for relationship building. That's what it's about. It's about thinking about the process of how do you do that, documenting it, and then executing on that process. It's just like profit. It's just like marketing. It's just like sales. It's relationship building. Just like building culture in your, in your firm. It's all the same answer. Build a system that works. So, Sean, this has been a great conversation um, I, I love having this all these conversations with you because it's it's interesting to see the two points of view after all the years that we've had experience um, doing what we do, and so uh, I don't think I've ever had this conversation in such depth with a contractor before. So it's, uh, it's oh, great to have you no, here and, and have that conversation. No, it's, I'm 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 excited to talk about this because I think sometimes uh, contractors and architects just 
need permission hmm. to talk to each other outside of an owner saying, Hey, what's your system? Like, well, what's my, you yeah. know, what would it look like if you brought me in early enough? Sure. I understand you still need to bid, but maybe I can help give you some numbers. And the architect says, okay, okay, well maybe there'll be some projects. If I didn't bid it, then I understand your system. So I can yeah. trust that we can move forward. Great. And that can happen over a cup of coffee. Right. Ask, ask these three, meet, meet with a contractor and ask these three questions. How can I protect you? How can I assist you? And how can I help you grow? Yeah. And, and, and those the, three conversations, those three questions will lead to answers that will blossom into a, a relationship. Yeah. And the same thing, you know, both ways, like what frustrates you about the architect or what's the biggest problem that you have as an architect? How can I, as the contractor, solve it? And then here, here's one of my biggest problems as a contractor. And if the architects could solve this problem, I mean, you get that kind of relationship or you get then, then. Right you are going to have successful projects. You're going to have happy clients and people are going to chase you down because it's going to be an enjoyable experience all the way around. Right. And the happy client is the bottom line. You have a happy client that's, that's happy about the contractor and with the architect, they refer to the contractor and they refer to the architect and you do this all over again on the next project. Yeah. And this, you do it again and again and again. People say, well, how did you become so successful? We just work with a few architects that we got the systems down and we, yeah, we just we, go do we, it. <laughs> we just go do it. We yeah. go do it. And people chase us down and throw money at us to do the thing that it is that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's ask that one final question that I ask everybody. What's one thing a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? I think that you need to start building relationships. Look at it that way. Maybe you have a list of contractors that you can recommend that do good work, but ask yourself, do you have a relationship with them beyond, do you talk to them outside of, hey, we've got another project? Hey, we've got, you know, is it very transactional or do you have a relationship where you see them um, and they see you as a peer and and as a team? So small uh small firm architecture, uh, small architecture firm, make a list of your, make a list of your contractors and just ask yourself, do I have a relationship with them? And if not, then go start building a relationship with three of them, because we're all going to need these relationships when there is a correction to this crazy market that we're in right now. Sorry, that's a whole nother subject, but the ones that are going to, the small architects that are not going to suffer when there is a correction in the market are the ones that have relationships. Yeah. Not, not a long list of successful projects. It's going forward. It's going to be the relationships. That's what I'd say. Start building relationships. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent answer. Three contractors, pick your, your top three contractors, call them up, and have a, have a meeting with them and just, just with the intention of having a conversation to build a better relationship. Excellent. That's right. Excellent, Sean. Sean is on the internet at seanvandyke.com. It's S-H-A-W-N, vandyke.com. He's active on social media everywhere. Just search him up, Sean Van Dyke. You'll find him. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, he's everywhere. Uh, Sean Van Dyke, this was an excellent conversation. I appreciate you for being here and thanks for sharing your knowledge at Entree Architect Podcast. Mark, thank you. Can't wait to be on again and talk about the next thing. Sounds good. This is one episode that I want to know what you think. I want to know what you're thinking right now. Go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 243 and let me know your thoughts. What's your feedback on this episode with Sean Uh, I love this conversation with architects and contractors talking transparently and honestly with one another to try to build that relationship that that sort of is almost from birth a conflict. We want to fix that because when we build a team that works, when we build a relationship with our contractors and our contractors build relationships with their architects, we're both going to succeed. We're both going to have a more successful project in the end and ultimately the client wins and the client win winning is you winning because when the client wins they refer you to their friends and you become a more successful architect so go out and build a relationship with contractors do what you need to do to lay down that groundwork build those systems in place so you can establish that rapport with contractors before your project starts and you can have a more successful project and ultimately have a more profitable project have a happier client and be more successful as an architect 
So go share this episode, entrearchitect.com slash episode 243, entrearchitect.com slash episode 243. Please go share that with a friend because I think this is a very important subject that Sean and I talked about and we need to spread the word uh, and talk about this more among ourselves here at the show notes for entrearchitect.com slash episode 243 and over at the Entree Architect uh, community on Facebook at entrearchitect.com slash group. Let's have this conversation and figure out how we can build better relationships with our contractors so we end up with more profitable, more successful uh, architecture projects. Before we wrap up here, I want to remind you that today, tonight at midnight, is your final chance to get into the Entree Architect Profit Workshop. There are a few seats left. Um, It is an important thing that you need to do. You need a financial management system for your architecture firm. QuickBooks by itself doesn't work the way that it should. You are not earning the profit that you need. You have no idea whether you're earning the profit you need if you're not set up right. The financial management system that we're going to teach you in the Profit Workshop is built on the P2P method developed by Steve Wintner. He is the author of the Financial Management for Design Professionals. He is the creator of the P2P method of financial management for architects. It is designed by Steve, who is an architect. He ran Gensler. He built Gensler. He had his own small firm. He has done it from the top to the bottom. He has built this system to work for architects. And now I want to teach it to you so you can be successful. Join us now, right now. This closes up, the, uh, the, the enrollment closes tonight at midnight. Go now to entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. I promise you that this will be fun. This will be simple and it will be worth your time and your money. It is guaranteed if you don't like it within 30 days, I will give you your money back. So go check it out right now, entrearchitect.com slash profit workshop. My name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I know that you are too. And I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, share what you know. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Imagine earning continuing education credits while doing exactly what you're doing right now. Well, you can. Gable Media has revolutionized the way you earn your continuing education credits with a groundbreaking approach. Forget running around town and scouring the internet for credit-worthy courses. Fulfill your CE requirements effortlessly by listening to engaging podcasts just like the one you're listening to now. Our podcasts are designed to educate, entertain, and inspire all in a user-friendly environment. But wait, there's more. Architects, Gable Media is also approved as an AIA continuing education services provider. Upon completion, we handle everything, from reporting your hours directly to the AIA to storing your certificates in your personal Gable Media profile for your self-reporting needs. So follow the link in the show notes and start earning your credits in the most innovative and entertaining way possible with Gable Media. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. And so for me, the the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more.
gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.